Hello and welcome to episode 164 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me as always is the eminent League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very good. Uh, eminent, eminent, that's very nice of you to say. Yeah, it's um, it's a step back from the uh, the the words I've been using recently. I thought you might have been trying. I might have been trying to get a bit close to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure. <laughs> it's um, man, it's been a um, it's been a bit of a strange week with the media. It has. Yeah. They they're scattergunning stories that contradict themselves within like hours of themselves printing stuff. It's it's been really weird, and um, everyone's turned on them. It's been. It's been great to see. That has been great, yeah. I, I, I'm liking them at the moment to very bored teenagers. Like, <laughs> they just need something to do. And because there's nothing to do, they're just rebelling. Yeah, it's. I've never seen anything like it. The only thing that I can ever even remember it being close to is the Super League War went. But they, the thing about that is... They were so, like, either side of the media in during that time was so focused on what they were doing. Like, what we're seeing now isn't really focused. It's sort of, um, it's hard to explain. It's, it's just really shit. So, yeah, it's, it's shit. It's like you, like during Super League, there'd be stories that would come out and you'd be like, oh, wow, this is really interesting, or, wow, this is inside information that they're putting out there for a story or something. What we're seeing right now is just, I mean, it's so transparent, a lot of it, especially from Channel 9. Um, the Fox Sport or News Limited stuff is just as transparent, but from the other side of things, and it's really incredible. It really is. Yeah. We're going to dive into a pretty serious conversation here. Yeah, but before we do, it's all stemming from this latest article in Fox Sports um, about Latrell Mitchell yet fucking again. <sighs> Hands on hips, sucking in the big ones, and wearing number three, Latrell's brutal first training run. And there's three pictures of him. One is where he's standing up with his back to camera, showing the number three on his back. Another one is. He's haunched over, looking like he's ready to go for a run. Yep. And the third one is he's running. It's, yeah, seems like a training session, hey? Yeah. Um, so a bit of backstory, just in case you didn't know. I mean, we've already discussed it before, but, I mean, when when it became clear that Latrell was looking at other offers for his contract when he was at the Roosters last year, the stories, my God. So initially he was linked to the Bulldogs and he'd been round to someone's house for late night chats and shit like this. And it was obvious that he was going to the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he was spotted in a 300 and something odd thousand dollar Mercedes Benz. And it's, he, you know, and his teammates didn't like him because he was flaunting his money because, yeah. you know, there's one thing footy players don't like to see. It's, other footy players buying nice cars. Oh, wait, they've all got nice cars. But anyway. Yes. Um, and that he'd forgotten his roots. Yeah. Only, only for the facts to come out that he was actually borrowing a friend's Mercedes car. It wasn't worth 300000 It was probably worth about 
100000 which, yeah. well, that still sounds like a fair bit. It was a Mercedes, so it's pretty cheap for a Merc, I'd imagine. Mm. Um, and then he was photographed back in his hometown helping put out bushfires after that. That, Funnily enough, that one, very, very quiet. Yeah, very quiet on that one. Yeah, they didn't focus too much on that one. Mm. So it almost felt like the media felt like they'd been showed up and they were pissed off and we were going to get our fucking revenge. Mm. And then Latrell handed to him on a plate, and this is his own stupid fault, with those pictures on Instagram of him with Josh Adokari out shooting a couple of weeks ago. Just dumb. Yeah. Um, gave the media what they wanted and they ran with it and then now they're doing this. And obviously there was a story just before this one which was absolutely not news where he had a, you know, he had, he had flu symptoms and went and had a, a coronavirus test and it came back negative. Yeah, and that, like the way that that was tarted mm. up, and I think it was Danny Widler that did it, Um you know, breaking news, Latrell sent away and other players as well, but Latrell, and it turned out like one of the players was Adam Reynolds. Yeah. And like, it's not even as though it was Latrell Mitchell and a couple of like fringe first graders. It was one of their best players. Yeah. It, it's the focus on him has been really gross. And Adam Reynolds talked about it today. He, lined it up with Michael Jordan and said that Luttrell might quit, like Michael Jordan quit the NBA. That was a bit weird. but um, And then even uh, Wayne Bennett this afternoon said he's never seen anything like it, which is interesting to hear from Wayne Bennett. But, yeah, I the, the focus on him is really gross and especially this last this last one about the training and they were saying that he was you know struggling at training a lot of players have come out and said we're all struggling at training right now it's kind of what training is if you're not struggling you're not training properly um they've had a weird break like it's in a weird time of the year for them all um and to also to taper up for the season and then have to stop dead i mean that's got to be very strange for like all of these players as well. Absolutely. It made, it made me question whether this focus on Latrell has anything to do with his race. And I'm not one of those sorts of people that normally would ask that question. But I'm looking at the stuff that Latrell, first of all, hasn't done, you know. And secondly, the focus on him that has been just relentless for, I mean, it's coming up on a year now. Yeah. I just, I, mean, I just wonder what the extra thing is about Latrell Mitchell that it warrants this intense focus and the constant criticism. I don't understand it. And so I'm, I'm like, what can it be? What is it? I don't know. I, I thought what we'd do here just quickly is look at all the things that he's done bad. Mm-hmm through all of these stories that have come out, and the one thing he did bad was go and shooting with Josh Adokar. Yeah, that's the only thing. Like That's it. The looking to, I mean, wanting to play fullback, how many players want to play fullback? And, like, his talent is unquestioned. If I was as talented as Latrell Mitchell, I'd be thinking, you know what, I might be able to play fullback and be a star. But it's you also know, a smart move. I mean, if you're a centre, there's a million centres on the market that you could get to replace anyone. Yeah. You know, but if you're a fullback, there's very few superstar fullbacks out there. And so 
obviously, if you're a superstar and you can play fullback, you're going to command massive coin. And you're an idiot if you don't go and chase it. I mean, Valentine Holmes did it several years ago at the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. And he proved to be worth it. Phenomenal. And I don't blame um I don't blame Latrell Mitchell for one iota for wanting to go and do that and try and increase his revenue, you know, increase his worth, I guess. I mean, you're only going to be playing this game for 10, 15 years if you're elite. You've got to get as many coins as you can out of it. Yeah. And make, lo- just got to make sure you earn it. That's all. Yeah. And like for all of the players that have tried, like I, I would suggest that Latrell Mitchell is in way better of a position and has way more of is way more likely to be a star fullback one day than even Valentine Holmes. Like, he's got all of the physical gifts you'd want for a fullback. He's got skill. We've seen that. He's a powerful ball runner. We've seen that. Mm. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to put down his entire chances of playing fullback down to two games in a season that was cut really short really quickly. I, I just think that it's a it was really a natural progression for him. I mean, I think it would have been either that or 5.8, and we saw him play a little bit of 5.8 at times during his his young career already. Um, So it was going to happen. Like a player like him that's got that ability, you want him to get the ball as much as possible. And so that move, it's, I mean, if anything, that was a positive. That's a, a player chasing, you know, greatness, and that's what you want to see. Um, the Roosters didn't want to do that. They obviously have uh, James Tedesco and and Latrell wanted to not only get a chance at fullback, but he wanted to have a longer term contract and a bigger contract. And he ended up moving clubs to get that. And once again, there was nothing wrong with that. He did it all within the timeframes that you're allowed to under NRL mm-hmm. rules. He had permission to talk to other clubs. Um, I think there was a little bit of a, you know, and media hysteria around all the clubs that said they were looking at him and stuff. I think he was always going to either be a rooster or a rabbit-o. Um, and so there was nothing wrong there even. No. It's... Uh, I, the, this focus... I know that, uh, there has been times where his race has been brought into question. Obviously, he's copped a bit of, um, you know, racial abuse and stuff like that as a player. By, yeah. By dickhead fans and, and the like. Yeah. But we're, we're looking purely at the media part. And I think it was, was it Dean Ritchie who was on some sports show with Laurie Daly? And they're talking, like last year, and they're talking about... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. He, he made some comment that maybe Latrell needs to just forget about this racial vilification stuff. And, and Laurie Daly just went... Yeah. Just went. He was restraining himself very well, might I add. Um, and straight away you, you've got you have a look at the people in the media it's just a heap of old white men and they're trying to tell him to oh, look just stop stop thinking about being racially vilified don't worry about it it's just words you go they they're, they're fucking clueless on, on how much this means to them and how much it hurts them and why a lot of Aboriginal people get so angry at the crap they cop from from white people about their race well, and I think I think the other thing is too, like a lot of it for Latrell. My understanding was it was coming through Instagram, and it's like it, it can't be nice to chuck up. And I don't have Instagram; I don't use it. But 
it can't be nice to chuck up a picture of yourself. I don't know. And I don't even know what's on his Instagram, but I'm guessing maybe at training or... It's just know. pictures of him playing, playing the game. Occasionally he'll do something where he's proudly holding the Aboriginal flag, but it's nothing he's doing which he's criticising um, anyone yeah. or being, you know, anything negative. He's, he's all positive and very humble sort of sort of stuff on there. Yeah. that That's... the yeah, you know, the few bits and pieces I've seen. I don't know what's been on going on there since then. I can um, imagine posting stuff like that, and like they're all. And we all know what social media is like. It, it for some reason, you can have like a hundred nice comments, but it's that one really horrible comment that you're like, oh man, you know, yeah. I didn't need to read that. And can you imagine being Latrell Mitchell, who I can't. He must have tens of thousands of followers on there, I guess, and then. You know, if if zero point one percent of those people are arseholes, yeah, then he's getting a lot of really shitty comments, and you know, it's it shouldn't be about you know ignoring it. Like I, rugby league is one of those sports that you've just got to look at a rugby league game, any any NRL game, any low grades game, even like this is a real multicultural sport, and you know. Anybody that's been racist in rugby league, man, they must hate the game because they couldn't watch a game of rugby league and enjoy it because there's, you know, all sorts of races running around on a rugby league field. It's fucking awesome. And have been for so long. Yeah, and, like, it's been one of the sports that has pioneered um, a lot of that sort of stuff, you know, and so far ahead of other sports and... And broken down barriers well ahead of other sports, and that's something I think the game can be proud of. Yeah, we've never had to worry about. I mean, even when you think of Arthur Beaton, it's not Arthur Beaton the Abbo, it's Arthur Beaton the greatest prop forward the game's probably ever had. Yeah, like, like he's 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 remembered for the remarkable athlete he was. Sure, he was Aboriginal. He was proud of that. Yeah. But we as a group of fans don't see people based on their their race or their religion and stuff like that. He's roughly as a bit different, but not by much. And a lot of people can see the difference between having the right to have a belief and, you know, being outright nasty. And I don't think Falau was being outright nasty. He was just being, I'd say, stupid more than anything. Yeah, like, I mean, and we've talked about Falau, you know, yeah. over and over again. I mean, I, and we kind of agree that what he said was, uh, rotten and silly and all that sort of stuff. Um, and just should, you know, should be ignored because that's yeah. all it really deserves. But it's not criminal. And that's the thing. Yeah. But he's been treated like one because of his religion. And yet, we're finding that. Latrell is being treated almost similar, but the reasons for it are we don't know. And that's and so, the thing. And so it's it's understandable to be asking the question: Is it is it racism? Like yeah, from, and like from the, the media, not from the fans, but from the media. Yeah, and look, the reason that I ask that is because I look at everything else. Like, the only other negative thing I can think about Latrell Mitchell was he got dropped from State of Origin last year, and I thought that was really harsh for him to get dropped. 
And I thought it was really harsh to not allow him to force his way back into the side. And I didn't understand that. Now, I don't think that was anything to do with race. I think that was just... I, I think that once they got that winning combination going, it was hard to break yeah. that. You know, and my guess is they dropped him because they wanted to get something out of him. And look, he responded. He There were games last year where... There were a number of games for the Roosters where it was just a Latrell Mitchell show. It didn't matter what happened. The opposition team couldn't stop him. He scored when he wanted. He was kicking goals. He was putting up so many points. It was ridiculous. Um, and so he responded. But I think at time, by the time it was time to, you know, pick those rep teams again, he, it was hard to change their moon and combinations. He made his way back into the Australian team and man, I, I was lucky enough to watch him play, um, against the Kiwis and it was fantastic to see him in person. It was great. But yeah, I, I just look at this young man who I don't really see all of these terrible things that he supposedly has done. I think that every little thing and it, like the last straw for me to get to a point where I'm like, what is going on here is, you know, he, he's training and they're, they're saying he's struggling at training and it's like, man, this is targeted and I don't know why. And so yeah. it's, and it's a question. There may be a people that are listening to this thinking, well, I don't think it has anything to do with race. And that's fair enough. Like, I'm not saying it is to do with racism. No, we're just I'm asking just, the question. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know what else it could be. I, I, I've never heard him say anything shitty. I've never. I just don't know what it is. I I don't get it. And, and so, what could it be? And as we just, you know, as we mentioned in the uh, off-air episode, um, the last person who had their their fitness scrutinised this much was Greg Inglis. Yeah, and, and like Greg Inglis, and I've said this before, and I'm being really generous here. Top five athlete in rugby league history, and I'm be, and when I say generous, I'm being generous to the rest of the players that have ever played the game. Like, I can't think of too many athletes that you could say were better than Inglis. Like, not off the top of my head. Um, and they were questioning his fitness. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, another part, I mean, Arthur Beetson used to have his weight constantly brought into question as well as a player. Um, at a time when being a fat forward was pretty fucking common, to be honest. Yeah. And yet, it just seems odd, really odd, that how many, let's, let's go there. I mean, how many white players yeah. have copped the same criticism about their weight or their fitness? Look, the one that jumps out at me is Mark Rodell. Um, he, he copped a, a criticism about the weight he carried. But the thing about Rodell, and Rodell dropped a lot of weight, and I don't know if he feels this way, but it seemed like when he dropped the weight, he lost a little bit of something. And when he put the weight back on, he kind of got that back a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, another player that I think of that carried a little bit of weight and it, like you look at someone like a Fafita, he carries a bit more weight than most players these days. Doesn't affect him because he's got that ridiculous like otherworldly endurance for whatever reason i it, like and i think some sublime skill set i mean yeah geez. but you know another player that carried a, a little bit of extra weight and it never affected them was dean witters yeah. like he, he was just 
it just didn't affect him in any way. Um, you know, some players are just built differently and it, it that's okay. <laughs> you know, it, it certainly is. And I just don't, I don't get this targeted and they are becoming very nasty attacks. Yeah, that's the but thing. So much so, even the people at Fox Sports writing this shit now, they know that it's a bit nasty because they lack the spine. The, the, they are so fucking gutless, they will not put their name to that article. And again, it's written by staff writers. Yeah, and a lot of people pointed that out. Um... It is gutless, it's spineless, it's cowardly, it's fucking pathetic. And if, you know, the, if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna write a fucking article doing yeah. shit like that, have yeah. the fucking gumption to put your name to it, your dog. I I agree. And you know the other thing about it too, Andrew, is that like it has that feeling about the way they're reporting these things of like, let's put this one up the flagpole and get watch everyone get angry at this. You know, it, it's it's not. It's not real reporting on what's happening. It's like they're trying to create outrage to get yeah. clicks and stuff like that. Um, you this know, this is the thing that gets me about Fox Sports News. Yeah, I mean, we could go back probably twelve, twelve months at least. And if you want to learn out something about sport anywhere in the world, you go. I'll go to Fox Sports News because. They actually had a reputation as giving you sports news. Mm. Without the fat, they it was all they trimmed the fat off of it. You didn't need all of the other crap, you know. It yeah. was just pure sport, and that was what was great about it. And you could rifle through the opinion stuff if you wanted to. I mean, sports places are always going to have opinion stuff. That's that's understandable, par for the course. But during the tail end of last season and the off season, the quality of the writing there has sunk so fast to depths so low i don't know if they can well, first of all i don't know if they want to go back to where they used to be where they were reputable yeah but i also don't know if they can go back because they've done so much damage to their reputation and they don't realize it the people now go and say oh fox sports has just done another stupid article that's the way people look at them now yeah it's it's tabloid trash and the really interesting thing is you see a lot of players like a lot of current nrl players posting it posting these articles saying like this is garbage and it really is it's absolute garbage what's been put out um you know and it it feels like there was there was a, a real change in the direction that I, I don't know who does it, but it was like there was a change in the direction of the coverage they decided to have of sport. And it's not just rugby league. It's a lot of sports. We see it because we're rugby league fans. It's what we we read. But um, it's really disappointing because, as you say, Fox Sports used to be really good, just sports coverage, and that was it. Now it's the last place you'd go for sport news. It's yeah. crap like this. So, you know, Latrell Mitchell's struggling on first day of training back. It's like, go away. I, I, suppose, I suppose the best way to, to show how bad it's got is that when we started this podcast and we thought we'll do our first ever news episode, we went to the Daily Telegraph and that was it. <laughs> and we mocked their website and the articles they put on there. And seven months later, 
the first stop we went to was Fox Sports. Then we went to the Daily Telegraph. Because mm. we knew we'd just find the utter garbage on Fox Sports first. Um, and so that's the only upside to this story, is that their complete dog shit performance as journalists and, and as a media outlet has given us plenty of uh, content for this for these podcast episodes. Yeah, and like... Like the thing we don't want to do is become just a podcast about bagging the media, and that's why like the last half of our last podcast was good fun because we just you and me just want to talk about footy, but you can't you can't ignore what's going on, and and no one can. Like you just got to look at Twitter and the way that people have really turned on the mainstream media and the garbage they're putting out. It's fantastic to see. It's great that people understand what's going on you know one of the weird things though is and you know the one that happens with mostly is channel nine when you see people that really stick up for channel nine on twitter they're very new to twitter they are it's kind of weird hey um i've only seen one or two that have done that Mm, and there's many they're those very unique twitter accounts that have got a name followed by a long string of numbers afterwards yeah and like I, I think I pointed that out to you, what it had been maybe a week ago. I first said, "Hey, have you been noticing this?" And mm. um, yeah, it's a it's a very weird thing because most people like they're fucking pissed at Channel Nine, and rightfully so. And I think you yeah, even say people within the game are going off their heads about it. Like there's there's there was some people that I was seeing tweeting about Channel Nine. I was like, man, they've got no friends. No, no. To the point we've now got Channel 9 CEO Hugh Marks talking about how he's, you know, he's probably keen on having a shot of the AFL rights when, when they come available because the uh, NRL and AFL wants to be coming up at the same time. Yeah, and that's once again those the scattergun approach. I mean, in the same day he said that, or that people were saying from 9 Media, well, the days of loss making, you know, what do they call it? Lost leaders? They're over. And then, like, later in the day, they're talking about targeting the AFL as a loss leader. And it just makes no sense. Or, oh, we don't need rugby league. We, you know, we want this, that. and But we wouldn't mind running NRL digital. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it just And they're scattergunning all of these. Di- it, like I said, there's it's not like there's any focus to what they're saying. No. And it's really, it seems like maybe it's a sign of desperation. Um, I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's very strange. It's nuts. Mm. And those dicks had the nerve to sit there and criticise the NRL about being bad management. Ugh. Look at the crap that's going on with Channel 9 at the moment. And not only that, like, they were doing that while the NRL was focused on the 28th of May. Yeah. And the NRL is still looking like kicking off on the tour. Like, that focus has been like a laser. It has not changed. And everybody at the NRL, and I include Todd Greenberg in this, they were all so focused on this. The players, the Players Association especially, everyone has been wanting to get to May 28th. And while all of this was going on, apparently the game was poorly run. Yeah. It's... It's just ridiculous. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, people, send us some comments, some emails, and just let us know whether you think the 
targeting of Latrell Mitchell is racist? Well, we're not saying it is. We're just asking the question. Mm. It's just, it's really odd for them to have this massive fixation on someone who, for much of the, this fixation, had done nothing wrong. You know, the first time he did something wrong was this whole shooting thing without our car a couple of weeks ago. But as we all know, it's been Latrell, Latrell, Latrell all off season and now it's starting up again. And it's just, I, I, I'm fairly certain he's got a pretty, pretty, um, tough mind, tough head on him. You know, he's not going to let this shit get to him. Mm. I certainly hope he does because. This is the sort of shit that can can push young players away from the game and can push them to, to dark places. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, and, you know, I remember last year there was an interview that uh, Nathan Cleary did, and, he's, and Nathan Cleary is one of those players that you don't really hear much from, and, you know, he's... He's all he's grown up in the environment, which I always think is pretty big. And I think people underestimate what it's like for a youngster to grow up around football players or in a sporting environment. Like they're different. They're different sorts of people. Um and even he was talking about the what it was like to read criticism of himself and especially see it on social media and how difficult it was. And that surprised me for someone like like Clear uh, Nathan Cleary, because his dad was very um steady and level-headed as a person as well when he played the game yeah. and as a coach he was the same like it wasn't like he used to get fired up in press conferences or stuff he was he'd speak quietly you know yeah. um and so to see nathan come out and say that it shocked me a little bit so sometimes sometimes it can get to players more than i think we realize and i just i feel, i just feel sorry for latrell mitchell he's one of my favorite players to watch He's one of my favourite players in the NRL right now. And, yeah, I hope he's got a really good support system around him. I hope that he there is a way that he can ignore all of this media crap. And I just want to say it stop because it is, it's gross what's happening. It's sick. Yeah. It's an absolute fixation. And it's just, it's got to end. It's ridiculous. Um, thankfully, he does have a good coach around him at the moment in, in Wayne Bennett. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's taken a lot of players through a lot of hardships, so he's he's got possibly the best the best mentor around you could possibly have for a time like this. Um, so yeah, hope hope he's doing well. Hope he's not reading too much of this garbage. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, for a bit of a lighter tone, <laughs> <laughs> we figured what jobs would these journo's have if they weren't journo's. Yeah, and like we we decided to write a list of journos that we kind of could could pick one for because there's a couple between us that like we didn't know what to write. Um, I feel like my list is going to be more lighthearted than yours, hey? <laughs> oh no, I think they'll be fairly fairly similar. Okay, okay. Mine, mine will be a little bit more PG rated, bar maybe one. <laughs> mine are pretty. PG rated except for one. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I'll get us underway. Okay. With George Clark. Okay. So now I didn't do George Clark. All right. Well, I reckon he's probably really good as a photocopier salesman. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
that's that's clever. That's really clever. That's a good one. Right. Which one you've got? Okay, so I I had top the first one off my list was James Hooper. You got James Hooper, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I just had a Garbo. You know, an old-fashioned Garbo. I feel like he would be like great in that environment. I feel like he'd be. You know, I could just see him hanging off the back of a truck just early morning. He's got the high vis on. I know they don't do that anymore, but Rifling, I just feel like he just NRL players garbage. <laughs> I just Looking feel like he'd just really enjoy the conversations that happened. Hey, as long as they're about him. Yeah, probably. Um, I had for James Hooper. He could be um a white megaphone. A white megaphone. Yeah. Because he's he's been one of the um the most prominent journo going after Latrell all this time. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really and he's, good point. He's just loud. Yeah, and angry. Why, why is he so loud? What? Yeah, why? The, seriously, James, just turn it down a bit. Like preferably all the way down to zero. Do just leave it there. You know what he needs to do. He needs to do what all the other journos do. Become an alcoholic. <laughs> well, there was that there was that incident with the car bonnet. Next, <laughs> um, Paul Kent. Oh yeah, I've got Paul Kent. What did you have him for? Well, I think given that he's short, angry, um, I is thought, it short? Yeah, he's fairly short. I didn't know that. Um. I thought he'd be great as a uh, halfback for Parramatta. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, uh, I just can't see him in that role. <laughs> Bleak I, I, yeah. I, I had a different thing. I had him as a parking inspector. Because <laughs> I just feel as though he'd be the sort of dude where you walk up to your car and you're like, dude, I'm about to go. And he's like, nah. Too bad. And he just keeps writing down. Like, he doesn't even look at you. He just keeps writing that ticket. I can just see him doing that. That is so perfect. Either yeah. that or one of those transit officers on the trains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's the next one. Let me do the next one, all right? Okay. Paul Crawley. Yeah. All right? Can't be a parking inspector. So he's just no. a park ranger. So it's it's like... A real soft version, you know. He goes up to tries to intimidate people to write them, you know, littering tickets and stuff. And they're like, "Fuck you, dude! Just walk away." And he's like, "Oh man." <laughs> See, I, I was tossing up between either being a janitor, yeah, or an echo. An echo. <laughs> he's either dealing with filth or he's just copying someone, you know, just repeating what someone else said. Okay. One so, of those two, but he'd be insignificant in either role. I'm not saying janitor's insignificant. I'm saying Paul Crawley would be insignificant as a as a uh, as a janitor. No, no. I think you just said you hate janitors. Oh no, no, no. I do janitorial work. I don't hate them. Yeah. Salt of the earth people. Salt of the earth. Paul Crawley though is just. He's just. Meh. Yeah. He's really just meh. Like, you don't know what his personality is. He's just so drab. Maybe he could be be a math teacher's jacket. uh, 
What's the most drab sort of teacher, though? Or a librarian? You know who, what? A librarian? Yeah, actually, you're right, yeah. You're right. I was going to say um, a woodwork teacher, because they're all a bit weird, you know? They all seem like they're yeah. a bit uh, touched in some way. They are, but that, that sort of gives them some sort of personality slash, in a weird way, charm. Yeah. Crawley just doesn't have that. No. Okay, who's next on your list? Uh, Phil Rothfield. Okay, yeah, yeah. What do you have him as? Uh, Catholic priest. Because he, oh, he, likes, he likes looking at males that are much younger than him. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, have you read those spotted columns? That's pretty full on. <laughs> Jesus. He goes, he goes around looking at, looking at young 20-year-olds, like, going to the, picking up their groceries and walking their dog and stuff. See, that's why I had him down as a... You know the shopping trolley retrievers? Yeah. Because he just sees people that fucking having coffees and stuff all the time. It's like spotted. I, you know, oh, this dude is taking his dog for a walk. And this, like, it's an outdoor job. You'd see a lot of people going to the shops and stuff. I think that that's what he, he'd be doing, you know? See, there's a key extra part to my one, and that is Catholic priests do also like to have a bit of red wine. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I've kind of peaked there. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. good to know that you've still got yours. You're going to come. Um, yeah, I've got a few more to come. Got Phil Gould next. Okay, what did you have for him? I I've like him, what I had for him. I've got him doing adverts about dementia. Oh, wow. Man, you're going in hard on this one. Holy shit. Ah, uh, you know, you got to. Yeah, I guess. I I had him as. Remember Clint's crazy bargains? Oh yeah. I had him as the dude that would be outside the shop with the megaphone. The spruker. The spruker, yeah. Because ah. just nonstop, just a, it's just a, a nonstop talking consciousness, you know, talk, seeing stuff, reacting nonstop. Noise, 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 noise. No breaks at all. You know, you walk in the shop and they're saying, oh, here you going? Maybe you can go and get It's just you want it to stop. That's, so that's why I picked that. That's a good one. Thank you. That's a good one. All right, next we've got Danny Weidler. Okay, and, what, uh, you, what you have for him? Uh, ear model. Any model. You know what? <laughs> he, I can't think of anyone more qualified. <laughs> That's right. He's put in all the time. He's got a good um, show reel. Yeah, yeah. He'd have he'd have what do they call it? A portfolio. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I had him as a <laughs> a personal injury lawyer. <laughs> yes. No, like Lionel Hearts. Just yes. reminds me of Lionel Hearts for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, that is good. That is good. I, I can see that. Um. Pete Bedell. Now, I didn't have him, because I don't know enough about him. All right, well, I've got him down as a tourism agent for Queensland. Oh, really? Because all he ever does is talk about how good Queensland is and how shitty every other part of Australia is. <laughs> like, you know, in the NRL, we need to have, like, seven seven city teams need to fold and merge, and we should bring in Queensland teams instead. Yeah. That, that's pretty much the majority of his ideas for articles. All right, fair enough. Mm. <laughs> right, what's so the, who's next? Who, who have you got? You got uh, Neil Breen? 
Uh, yeah, Neil Brain. Channel Nine's Neil Brain. Yeah, I haven't got one for Neil, so this one's all you. I had him down as a stripper. <laughs> because do you, do you go on. He just, he just does whatever the money tells him to say. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like he was real early on with the uh, NRL's pay, uh, NRL's TV deals are going to be rock. You know, they're going to be rock bottom prices. He was right on that really early on in the piece since Channel Nine bought the Sydney Morning Herald. So yeah, stripper. Fair enough. Uh, last time I've got here is Roy Masters. Oh yeah, yeah. What, what you have for Roy Masters? I had um, a journalist. <laughs> oh really? Because <laughs> you know he does research. He's very reasoned in what he says and does, mm-hmm. and um, just reminds me of what journalists used to be like. Yeah, once upon a time. Yeah. I I had him down, and I don't know why. Is like a really old optometrist. <laughs> I just feel like I could just imagine him sort of looking down at you like. Over got the top that, of his glasses? Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, making you say number one, number two, number one, number two, number one, number two. I don't know why. It, I could just see him doing that. That's nice. Yeah. I had one more, by the way. Oh, yeah. Who you got? Our, our friend Molly. Oh, yes. He would love this. Bikini waxer. <laughs> he would fucking love it. That's why I did that one for him. <laughs> We're assuming he's not doing that already. Well, you never know. You never know. He's a man of many talents. Indeed he is. Love your work, <laughs> Molly. Right, well, uh, that's pretty much wrapped up that, that aspect of the show. Yeah, it's been a, a good episode. We've really mixed it up. We've made you think, and then we've made you go, what the fuck? Well, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> and I think, um, it's, uh, I think it feel like it's been a bit of a quick episode, has it? Yeah, well, it has, a bit, it has for us. Yeah, you've got to put in a quick one every so often. Sometimes a quick is a good... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, what else has been going on? Uh, we got an email. Let's read the email. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to save it. Fuck it, let's yeah. do it. We're going to save it for the next step, so let me try and log in. Okay, it's let me log in. No, we really need to have a sound effects when you try to log in, like an old <laughs> machine starting up. That would be pretty good. Okay, so we got an email here from PK, and he says, Hey, guys, just been thinking about the NRL's future. I thought I would write down some ideas. During, oh. these, during these difficult times... Due to COVID-19, I think it's a perfect time to look at the expansion slash restructuring of the NRL in Australia. Push for 18 teams to enhance the next broadcasting deal, hopefully negotiated in a couple of years' time, not now during the pandemic. The NRL has become a sporting league that can maximise their financial capabilities within Australia and New Zealand to an extent. To do this, I would actually bring in not one but two new teams in Brisbane. One north of Brisbane, encompassing the Sunshine Coast, and he says dolphins, possibly, and one west and southwest in Brisbane, and he says Ipswich or Logan, possibly, including the Broncos. All three play out of Suncorp Stadium. That's a guaranteed six sellouts or close to it each year. And then he says adding games against North Queensland and the Gold Coast increases that number as well. He said the clubs would grow greatly off each other. 
I would create an environment that is similar to Melbourne's AFL culture through their stadium structure and crowds over time increasing the perception of league crowds, a mentality that would influence Sydney people if they get their stadium infrastructure right. I think Brisbane is underappreciated in maximising rugby league, and he says they love rugby league. And if you throw in Brisbane's increasing GDP along with an increasing population of southeast Queensland area, it would allow the NRL to swamp slash saturate Australia's largest growing region. Thoughts. And he said, P.S. I'll add this over the coming days, particularly my thought. I'll add to this over the coming days, particularly my thoughts on the Gold Coast and what I think Sydney should look like. So that was PK. And he says, cheers, PK. So that was a really good email. Yeah, that's very good. Um, whenever someone talks up a big, big rapid expansion in Queensland, mm-hmm. I, I get it. I understand what they're getting at. Mm-hmm. My only fear is, will it be sabotaging the Broncos? That like, worries me a little bit as so well. So that market share is going to get split up to other teams. And if you bring in two teams in that area, there's a fair chance you're going to be taking a big bite out of the Broncos. And so you're not – it would be great if you go to some area where you just get a whole heap of fans to start supporting a local team who aren't currently supporting another one financially. And that's why yeah. I think Perth is a great example, yeah, a great market. Yeah. Because they will have NRL members over there of other clubs, but it's not going to be many. So if you put a team over there, bam, everyone's on it. And I think yeah. that's – that's the thing I want to look at. I want to sort of expand to a brand new market where you can get a whole heap of brand new fans. And setting up in Perth, it then gives you closer access to places like South Africa and whatever like that for, you know, going the next step along if you want. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm kind of more in that mindset. I'm not opposed to at least one extra team in the southeast Queensland area, I'd be more inclined to put it on the north side of Brisbane because mm-hmm. I think I think the the sort of history of the Broncos is more closely entrenched with that western region anyway of Brisbane, you know, mm-hmm. the Ipswich area. Mm-hmm. So I don't think putting a team out there is going to get a huge amount of support. I think that's I think that's going to be mostly Bronco territory. You need to be on the north side of the uh, the the river there. So. I probably have a team based somewhere just across the river on the north side. They play out of Suncorp, but they look after that whole area going up Sunshine Coast. You know, fuck it, they go up to Bundaberg. Um, just that whole region can be all theirs. You'd be you'd be hopeless if you couldn't maximise that and make value out of it. Yeah, see, I I agree with you. I think that the in an ideal world, the next two expansions of Perth and Adelaide, they've both got a million plus people live there. They're untapped. It's like, you know, plant a seed in the ground. It can grow into, a, you know, a wild bush if that's what you want, and it's not going to affect anyone else. Um, I do worry that if, say, you put in two expansion clubs in Brisbane, that you would take Brisbane's crowd figures and they would end up being down around the 18,000 mark. And like all up, you might they might all average eighteen thousand, you know, and it, that would be not too bad. But I I don't want to cannibalise Brisbane that much. Like I think that they're they're ripe for a second team. Um, it's definitely really good for broadcasting on the east coast. But 
you know, like the way I see it, I think that in an ideal scenario, what you would do is you would have one team from Sydney move somewhere. And I'm, I'm not going to pick the team. It's probably for another time. But you pick one team from Sydney, move them to either Perth, Adelaide or Brisbane. And then you add two more expansion clubs in in whoever is left over. Um, and I th- once because once you've done that, it, you've you've done everywhere you need to. You've got all the major capitals sorted out, and any expansion you do beyond that is true expansion. You really are taking a, a, a competition and a national competition at that, and you're expanding it. Like all of a sudden, you can start looking at a second team in in New Zealand. You can start looking at just bringing in the um, the uh, Vipers. Is yeah. it the Vipers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's true expansion. So, yeah, that's that's why I would go with um, moving one Sydney club and then you, you bring in the two expansion teams and make it an 18-team league. Like, it should be an 18-team league. That's actually raised, uh, raised another story that was, that was in the media. I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. But it was talking about how four teams in Sydney were looking like they have to merge. And I read it thinking... Man, this is utter garbage. Just, just, just trying to get clicks. Yeah. Did you see that one? Well, I, I did see the headline, and in my head I was like, well, I bet they're just talking about their like fringe first graders or their res- their reserve grade teams or something. Is that what it was? That I don't know. I didn't read it because oh. I just I've stopped reading these articles because they're such shit. Oh, you just read the headline. That's where all the content is. <laughs> yeah, that's where it starts and ends. <laughs> So that, that's amateur SEO. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't put all the detail in the in the uh, the heading and the byline. No. See, he, okay. Listen, newspapers and in newspapers, yeah. I don't know junk content producers. What you've got to do is you got to tease something. You know, so you don't give them everything. You just tease them with a little bit of it. You know. Yeah. You it's want exactly them to right. click on it. You don't want them to assume what you're talking about. You don't have to go, what the fuck is this about? And click on it. Yeah. That's always a little reveal. Mm-hmm. And then you just reveal a little bit more as the article goes on. You want to have the full reveal at the end of the article. You want people going all the way down. Yeah. And the reason why you want them to scroll all the way down the page is because you can put more ads around the page, more clicks and shit like that, more money coming in. How are you? Don't, how do you not understand this? Bloody hell. It's crazy. And nuts. Anyway, do you reckon we've we've probably bashed the media enough? Yeah, probably. I mean, we're 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 angry at them, but I think everyone is right now. You know, our next episode should not mention them at all. Okay, we can do that. Okay, it'll just be pure footy. Pure footy. We might actually call it a. The purest rugby league podcast of all time. Let's let's do that. Okay. You know what we should do is we'll do that. There'll be no media talk, mm-hmm. and we'll geez, we could stretch it further and just see make it the first Ferg on the Frick episode in God knows how long with no swearing. Yeah, you know what? If we're going to be pure. Now, I tell you what, people think it'd be really difficult for me, but I do it all the time when I'm on the radio. Yeah, it's 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 no hassle for you. Yeah, 
Yeah, this wasn't anything about making you stop swearing. <laughs> this is to stop you. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one with the potty mouth. I, I almost dropped a, a swear word on the weekend when I was doing I can't remember what the word was. But I, it was it was on its way, and then I I threw in a substitute at the last section uh, second, and yeah, and I mentioned it. I said oh, I swore then. Should just let her rip, man. What are they going to do? Well, somebody somebody was talking about there might be swearing in a, in an episode, and I said, listen, if this person swears, I'm dropping the C bomb. And Daniel's like, no, 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 no. There's no swearing. <laughs> I was going to say, you would have been backing that one up pretty fast. Yeah, that would have been, uh, it would have been all over. Bloody eyes. Alrighty, well. Um, what else was there? Oh, one last thing was um, Bryce Cartwright has refused to have a flu shot. He's a well-known anti-vaxxer, apparently. He's put out a, a a message today on social media talking about how he's not an anti an anti vaxxer before revealing that he is. Okay, I put you know what I put all of this Bryce Cartwright stuff right next door to Quade Cooper wanting to play rugby league. I don't give a fuck. It's so boring. I don't care. I don't care. What? You know, we should actually give. The NRL media, something to do that's productive and positive mm-hmm. for the game. What would that be, though? Shoot them into the sun? <laughs> Done. <laughs> I just, you know, like when Superman, he, he gets all of the uh, nuclear weapons in the world and he puts them in like a big, for some reason he uses a big net. Yeah. And he just swings it around, swings it, swings it, and then he lets go of it, and it just all goes into the sun. That's yeah. the way to do it. Is that a safe way to dispose of nuclear weapons? Uh, I can't help but think that that would, that would um, contribute to global warming. Maybe Superman is the reason why we've got global warming. That's possible. That prick. I feel like I feel like it wouldn't even like make it make a dent. In the sun. Like, I feel like there would be no effect on the sun. It wouldn't even know anything had happened. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Sun's pretty big. Yes, it's a decent size. Breaking news, the sun is big. That should be the title of the of the episode. <laughs> Done. We break Done. all the big stories here on Fergo and the Freak. And we save all, you know, as we said at the, to the journalists there, you put, you put the carrot at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the good content is, right at the back end of the episode. Right at the end. There you go, people. Well, it's been a good episode. It has. We've managed to stretch it out, too, to a normal-sized episode, so that's pretty handy as well. Really cool. Um, I want to say thank you to you, Andrew, for becoming my latest Patreon. It was very, very nice of you. It was a very unexpected surprise. Thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. Ah, it's no problem, man. Um, I did take the opportunity to um, to send you something irritating, so that was handy as well. <laughs> yeah, you did. Sent me uh, uh, Matthew Elliott's coaching record over his <laughs> career. And my God, it's a it's a fucking horror show. <laughs> 
I started having flashbacks. I was like, oh, wow. You know, Andrew, he's a new Patreon. And then I was like, oh, what's this message? And I clicked on it and I had a look and I, you know, the eyes started twitching. I started getting like all these tremors and stuff. Needed to have a drink, just compose myself again. It's really weird. Oh, uh, yes. That was that was entertaining. Nah, mate, absolutely. Always happy to help out uh, independents where I can, as I can. Yes, yeah, but yeah, it meant a lot. Thank you for that. I've now got six Patreons, um, which is absolutely amazing. I'd, I'd like to say who they are, if it's all right. So I've got Adam. I've got Andrew. I've got uh, Katie, I've got Nadine, I've got Rugby League Project, and I've got Sam. So they're my six Patreons, and I, I just can't believe I really can't believe it. It's like, I, I don't even know what to say. It's just amazing. There we go. Mate, that's that's awesome to hear. And now I'll just keep praying for the Aussie dollar to keep taking against the US. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. And on that rather selfish note, people, if you... Uh, if you listen to the podcast, you love it, give us a five-star review. Um, leave us some kind words. We'll read them out. We'll also put them on our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Fergo and the Freak podcast? Uh, com is the website. Oh, there you go. I should know, given that, you know, apparently I'm involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, useless ovary. Um <laughs> Check us out on Twitter at FergoFreakPod. We're on Instagram, FergoFreakPod. We don't do much on there, but, you know, there's a few pictures on there. Go in there and have a look. Share them around if you want. Yeah, um, you know what we should do? We should go on Twitter tomorrow and say, what do you want to see on our Instagram? We should we should get one of our distinguished followers who we might trust enough to mm. get them to run the Instagram for us. I trust any of them. Yeah, we can do that. You know what? Hey, did you see that tweet that was put out uh, earlier this week off the account, off the the podcast and the account? You know how we've got interns that run the podcast and the account? I, I do know that. I haven't seen the tweet, though. Okay, there was a tweet put looked. out, and it was, it was actually sent to Julie as a reply to Julie, right? And when you had a look through it, it was, like, written in different lines. And the first letter of each line. I, I did see that one. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what's this shit? Yeah. Do we know which one of the interns did that? No. No. We'll work it out, though. I mean, that's what waterboarding's for. That's right. We, I mean, we're going to need a pretty sizable punishment there. So I think water, waterboarding will be a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, or as we call it around here, Thursdays. <laughs> exactly. Breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> um, the podcast also re- replied to a tweet by Jamie Soward. It did? Said, yeah, and he said, is The Last Dance the greatest sports documentary of all time? Yeah. And the podcast said, another bloody Sunday is our favourite sports doco, and it's rugby league. Yeah. What's your favourite documentary of all time? Yeah, probably that one. Um, okay. <laughs> of all time? Not So what? Not sport? Could be anything. Could be anything. Um, I did quite enjoy... Let's be honest. I am a nerd. I did quite enjoy uh, Inside Job, 
mm-hmm. which was looking at how the global financial crisis happened. Yeah, I think I've seen that one. Mm, that's that's up there. I've seen that one a few times. That one's quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is um, Enron, the smartest guys in the room. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. I've heard good things, though. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane. Yeah. You're watching what's going on going, how is this fact? <laughs> like, how, yeah. Like, you're not, not, not saying that it's not fact. It's just like, it's so absurd what they did. It seems too absurd to be real. Mm-hmm. But nah, it all happened. They were nuts. You know, the, um, there's a couple I like. There's one called uh, Cocaine Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, it's about um, basically the cocaine trade in Miami and. Oh, and, I thought it was about Ben Barber. Allegedly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, Jesus Christ, Andrew, what the fuck? You're just getting us in trouble in this episode. <laughs> That's my job, damn it. Um, and then the like, uh, Blackfish is really interesting. That's about um, basically. Uh, keeping like killer whales and stuff in captivity oh, yes. and the effects from that it's pretty it's pretty shocking but i think it's it's something that you know it's it's good to know what goes on you know mm. um broke which is about athletes going broke i believe that was a maybe a 30 for 30 um so i mean there's so many i guess i could probably go on and on about it so yeah it's I've always loved documentaries going back to when I was a kid, so... Oh, yeah, docos are awesome. Yeah. That's all good. All right, well, uh, everybody get in there, help us out. Re- you know, retweet our episodes like you've been doing. It's been fantastic. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, and all those other places. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>